Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by one of our newest and favorite sponsors, and that is Photo IQ. Photo IQ offers digital photography online courses like none other of its kind. Okay, it's explained simply, concisely. There's no jargon, no overcomplications, and there are lessons for from beginner to intermediate photographer from ages 13 and up. It's the only digital photography course of its kind that offers online um, quizzes, personal feedback. You get to upload your your homework, and it'll help you build your own portfolio. It's going to be more in depth than anything you've probably taken in high school, and even if you took some like freshman level courses in college. Okay, and you can do this all socially distance from home. You know, we're all stuck in our houses under these uh, lockdown restrictions and, you know, some of your schools aren't open. Well, this is a great way to learn a new skill, maybe develop an alternate source of income and get that side gig starting to sort of free yourself up. So what I need you to do is go to photoiq.co and use the promo code FICTION. Okay, we're almost through September now. It's the it's the 18th. You have until the end of this month to get an additional 20% off on all of his courses. But that promo code fiction will get you 10% off plus the 20 he's already offering. You'll get 30% off as long as you buy the courses before the end of this month and you can take them anytime that you want. Okay. Um, after this month, I'll still be able to get you 10% off, but that 20% is going to go by the wayside. He offers a 30 day money back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So ditch those pathetic sunset pictures you guys have been taking. Go to photoiq.co, use promo code fiction and start learning how to take anything from camera basics, still life, food, landscapes, portraits black and white, action photos, everything that you could possibly imagine. He's got a course for it. It's going to be better than anything you can find on YouTube. So go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION. All right, let's get on with the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Well, you know, it finally happened, everybody. Donald Trump caught the Rona, and all hell is breaking loose. Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any crazier, the president of the United States catches the China plague. And, man, it feels like I say something uh, to that effect just about every week. Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any crazier, look what happened this week. And, uh Wow. Wow, you wake up, you know, everybody was expecting an October surprise, and you wake up, I think it was Friday morning, because he tweeted it out at like 2 a.m. or something, that he tested positive, uh, him and Melania had, and then this whole, you know, outbreak among the Republican Party sort of took shape 
So we only made it one day into October before we got a big October surprise. The question is whether or not there'll be another one. Anyway, we'll get into all that in today's episode of the Peddling Fiction Podcast. So welcome back, everybody. I am, of course, your one and only host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting once again deep behind enemy lines. Hope everybody had a better weekend than Donald Trump. Uh, my weekend was great, um, as usual. Most of my weekends are going to be pretty unbelievable down here where I'm at, and le- uh, this past weekend was no exception. The weather is sort of starting to turn. We are definitely through the worst of the rain season down here, and I've had about, uh, I think, five or six days of un- uninterrupted sunshine. It has been very hot. It's been like low to mid-90s. And um, I've got, you know, about four or five more days before there's even the chance of a scattered thunderstorm in the forecast. So things are looking up for me in sunny, hot Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. They did take my temperature as I was coming into the building yesterday after I was running some errands and everything. And uh, the staff here wanted to take my temperature because they hadn't taken it in uh, probably since I got here or maybe even I don't even know if they did. So I still remain fever-free, symptom-free of the China plague, unlike Donald Trump and apparently a bunch of Republicans. And it has just been a crazy weekend. I've, I've had a ton of fun with this news on Twitter. And if you don't follow me, you're really missing out. So follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. But yeah, I've been... I've been joking and and posting memes and everything. It's been really, really entertaining, to say the least. And then just to watch the reactions of people, and you get to see the the hypocrisy on full display, the partisanship, the hysteria. It's all, uh, you know, the the political theater, it's all there. (laughs) It's been incredible to see. I know Trump, I mean, all indications are that he's going to pull through. So, you know, he is, I think he's 74 years old. He is, according to some reports or doctors or whatever, borderline morbidly obese. He fucking double fists cheeseburgers from McDonald's like three times a week or something. I mean, this guy's diet is terrible. And, you know, it's he's he's a prime candidate. Like, I mean, yeah, there's like a 98 percent chance he wouldn't die of this or whatever it is. But. If somebody were to die, it would be somebody in their 70s, you know, in their 70s in not great shape with some underlying conditions or comorbidities or whatever you want to call them. But man, it's, I can't imagine having, you know, billions of dollars or however, you know, being filthy rich beyond your wildest dreams and having a fucking diet like Donald Trump. I mean, fast food. And, you know, he eats like overcooked steak with ketchup on it. I think I've, I've heard some people talk about. And it's like people that are close to him that actually know Donald Trump's routines. Like I know some of these people and they like they say like his diet is even worse than it gets reported. Like it's just filthy and disgusting. And I, I got to say, if I had that kind of money, I would be eating like Wagyu beef with white truffles shaved on top of it for like every meal. Um, and maybe, I don't know, some fresh fish or something, just like delicious, healthy food. Um, I, I can't imagine, you know, eating something for like $4 from McDonald's. Uh, I'd want to live as long as possible, but I guess we all have our guilty pleasures. 
the other morbidly obese Republican to catch the coronavirus over the weekend, or at least to test positive for it, was uh, Chris Christie. And I think it was uh, Dave Smith, the great comic Dave Smith had a hilarious tweet where it's just like, if... Um, can we all just agree that if Chris Christie pulls through on this, that the coronavirus is no big deal? <laughs> because, I mean, if anybody should die of it, it would be that guy. And maybe Donald Trump, but all indications are that he's going to be fine. Trump is is expected to be released from Walter Reed today. He's going to be back in the White House, according to the most recent reports that I saw. And he's been doing all sorts of, you know, Trumpian publicity stunts. He's been... He put out a video, I think, Saturday, because there were a bunch of reports that, you know, his his condition, these are, of course, anonymously sourced reports or whatever, that his condition was a lot worse than they were letting on, and he's on oxygen and, like, blah, 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 blah. So he, he put out this video trying to, you know, assure everybody that he was feeling better and that he's okay, and um, the media's just been running wild with these, you know, the the timeline of this was a really big deal to them. You know, all, all the reckless things that he did after he knew that he tested positive, and um, I, that of course that's the angle they're going to take, right? Um, and then he, I mean, he did do some other bizarre shit after that, though. Like once his fever broke and he started feeling better, at least allegedly feeling better, according to the reports. He put out a, a second video, and then I guess he did this drive-by wave of all these supporters that showed up in front of the hospital to uh, worship their fearless leader. And I guess he um, decided that, you know, he got, he said he was bored in the hospital, and he wanted to go out and, like, you know, show that he's feeling better and that he's going to beat this thing and project, you know, that alpha male strength that he is so known for. And that's got apparently some anonymous... Um, uh, Secret Service agents up in arms because they feel like they're being put in unnecessary unnecessary harm because Trump wants like a photo op or some publicity stunt or something like that. And I mean that you know that's a fair point. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd want to get in a car with somebody that has COVID. But you did sign up to put your life on the line for the president. I bet you thought you'd be diving in front of a, a sniper bullet during a campaign speech or something like that, heroically laying your life on the line to save the president's life and not chauffeuring Donald Trump around so that he could wave to a bunch of fucking redneck Republicans. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that 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 is pretty ridiculous. I don't know why... I mean, I don't know how you stop the president from doing something like that because, like, he's the fucking president. But at the same time, there's got to be somebody that could be like, listen, you can't just be fucking driving around with your Secret Service. You're, you have COVID. You have COVID. Like, this is the optics of this are not good. Even if, you know, it makes you look strong or whatever, the media is just going to turn it into this huge negative because you're risking the lives of the peasants that serve you. It's like, it's a really bad look, in my opinion. And just, a real Trump thing to fucking do. Like, ah, I don't care. I'm just going to go wave because like I'm Donald Trump. But it is, it is kind of funny that the, the secret service did sign up to risk their lives for the president. And so he's asking them to risk their lives, I guess, just not in the way that they'd hoped for. So I don't know. Don't do it. Resign or, you know, 
just refuse to take him for the drive. That would be my advice. But anyway, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know how often they, they switch the Secret Service guys out or whatever, but if you've been on his detail for the last week, I, I got to feel like you've probably already been exposed to it. But I'm sure that the ones that are there now have tested negative. So yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, I don't know about that. Like <laughs> just driving by to wave at supporters or something. He should have done that thing from like the the water boy where he like waves out from the the hospital window or something. But <laughs> it's Trump, you know. He's gonna he's gonna be uh, the the Trumpian Trump that we all have come to know. If it were me, I would feel a little you know irresponsible getting in a car with some other people, knowing that I was I had COVID or whatever. But it's uh. He's a narcissist. What are you, you going to do? I, he's very inconsiderate, I'm sure, of all the other people around him. But I haven't been following a lot of the, the TV corporate press lately, you know, because I don't really get those channels out here and I don't really watch TV while I'm down here. I just, I check on the internet. I, I've been on Twitter and, you know, I check, uh, you know, some news sites or whatever. I did notice that there was some unity between the far left and the far right for once. Uh, once in a blue moon, I guess that happens because they both think that this is like some conspiracy that Trump is faking it. As far as the, the leftists are concerned, it's, you know, a, a publicity stunt, maybe get a sympathy vote and maybe get out of doing some debates because he's afraid he's going to lose to Biden or something like that. And and then he can, you know, um, declare, you know, get over the disease really quickly and declare it no big deal and things like that. I really don't think he's faking it. I don't see how this is like 100% good for Trump. There are some decent, you know, there are some good things that come out of it, I suppose, if he makes a, a, a speedy and full recovery. And, it, you know, he didn't get admitted to the ICU or anything like that. There's There were no reports of anything really other than him being on oxygen for a little bit. So it, it does seem like the the symptoms that he was experiencing were pretty mild from all the reports that we can confirm. So I, I guess in, in that respect, you know, this could come out to be a positive for him. But there are a lot of bad things that come out of this, right? For one thing, he could miss the next debate, which is supposed to be the 15th. And I think that's like either if not the day, maybe one day after he's um, supposedly, you know, done with the quarantine period, the, the 14 days. I mean, it's it's really close, cutting it close. And so if he misses a debate with with uh, Joe Biden, that is really bad for Donald Trump. Because that first debate, while I do, you know, I, I talked about how I thought he had a better night than Joe Biden. He certainly didn't do what he needed to do that night. And I talked about all the missed opportunities he had and how I thought his strategy was uh, flawed and misguided because he needed to fucking put Joe Biden down, like down for the count, knock him out. And he didn't do that. Joe Biden survived the first debate. And that is considered in Joe Biden circles and among, you know, Democratic voters and everything, a smashing success. I mean, the bar was really, really low. It was don't get TKO'd by Donald Trump in the debate. And Biden survived it. I mean, just barely. He had a lot of help from, you know, from uh, Chris Wallace and just um, the fact that that Trump didn't really have his A game. I don't know. Maybe it's because he had COVID, right? That's uh, another conspiracy theory, I guess, going on. 
or another excuse that people are using for his um, subpar debate performance. But he didn't do what he needed to do, which was completely annihilate Joe Biden and embarrass him and just have Joe Biden collapse on stage. So he needs all of these debates because he has to really knock him out. I mean, if Joe Biden can either uh, avoid the rest of the debates or he can survive one more debate with Donald Trump and Donald Trump doesn't get that second debate, it's I mean, that that's going to be t- that's going to be very damaging to Trump. Because the whole thing about Joe Biden is that he's a senile old man with dementia and he's not fit to hold office. And if if Trump can't really put him down the way that would fully illustrate that to make it like undeniable among everybody, well, that's going to, you know, that's going to help Joe Biden for sure. And you've already seen uh, Joe Biden come out and he's talking about um, how He'll debate Donald Trump on the 15th if the scientists say it's okay. So if the scientists say it's safe. Now, I don't know what kind of scientist he's going to be consulting over this. If it's anything like his climate change scientists or his coronavirus scientists that he's referenced in the past, it's going to be a bunch of bullshit. And of course, it's never safe for Joe Biden to debate anybody. He could be debating a broomstick with a fucking mop, uh, like a bucket for a head. <laughs> and he could, he could manage to lose the election doing that. So it's never going to be technically safe for Joe Biden to debate anybody in front of uh, a public audience. Now, whether or not it's safe for, you know, co- catching coronavirus, I mean, yeah, I mean, how could it not be safe? It's, it's, it'll have been two weeks, like Trump, you know, I'm sure Biden will have his mask on or something, and they'll be like 50 feet apart on the stage or whatever. Or you could do a virtual one, I guess, which would present some other uh, issues and and obstacles and and some more conspiracy theories. I don't know how you'd verify that somebody didn't have somebody like in the room with Joe Biden and Trump, like feeding them lines and helping them cheat or whatever. It seems like Biden could could use this to weasel out of a debate, which would be bad for Trump. Sorry, there's some construction going on. If you hear the jackhammer, I apologize. Um, the other. God, that's going to fucking drive me crazy. Course, I try to get the podcast done early, and now I get jackhammers. the The other thing that I've seen been going around is all these, you know, fucking phony ass uh, politicians, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, saying that, oh, well, now it's not safe to, you know, go through the nomination process for the Supreme Court because all these Republicans have COVID and blah blah blah. So they could try to use that as an excuse to delay the the hearing and the nomination of Amy Barrett. And so that could present another, you know, stupid obstacle that they have to try to overcome. I don't know if they'll be successful in that, but it'll be something that they can talk about, I guess. Where it does help Donald Trump, I mean, the fact that he's out of the hospital today and he's back in the White House speaks, you know, speaks to his point. And he gets to tweet out, he tweeted out today that like, you know, don't be afraid of coronavirus, live your life. Like, I feel better than I did 20 years ago. And we've made tremendous breakthroughs with medicine and treatment under the Trump administration. So he can kind of take credit for having, you know, all the medical knowledge now that it's not a big deal if a 70, a fat ass fucking 74 year old with a horrible diet gets this thing. And I mean, he's kind of got a point, 
right? I mean, like he clearly made the decision that he wasn't going to hide out in a fucking basement somewhere like Joe Biden did for the last six months, which is probably more of a reason why Joe Biden didn't get it is instead of like wearing this gigantic mask, which was which is a really another really funny part of the debate. Every time I see Joe, even if he's 200 feet away from people, he's got this gigantic mask on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Trump is out there. He's campaigning. He's, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. He's doing rallies. He's going, you know, he's traveling. He's making appearances everywhere. He's working. He's living his life. Joe Biden's cooped up in a basement somewhere. And so, yeah, Trump can be like, listen, I'm a leader. I can't just sit back and, and do nothing because there's this virus that could get me sick for a few days. Or even if it kills me, like, that's a risk that I'm willing to take as your fearless leader. I mean, like, you know, it, it could be all bullshit, but he gets to say that. And I believe that's one of the the points that he was making in one of the videos that he did. And, you know, there, there's some truth to that, too. You can't have your president being this ultra puss that sits inside of a bunker all day because there's a, a virus going around. That's not what leadership is about. So, I mean, on that front, he gets, you know, he gets that line. He gets the, the triumphant success over the coronavirus, assuming he doesn't die. And then when they try to smack him for coronavirus stuff and the debates going forward, he could be like, listen, I had it. I overcame it. And, you know, we're making... Uh, tremendous success, you know, with, with treatment now, it, things are so much better. And then he can point to the numbers too, that, that also bear that out. Uh, so, you know, he's got, he definitely has some good things going for him, but I, I don't think he was faking this. And I don't think he like got it on purpose or something so that he could have these sort of talking points going forward. The, uh, the other thing that was kind of good for Trump, I guess, was that the the media had to sort of drop that whole stupid fucking Proud Boys narrative that they were running with. You know, Trump's not denouncing the white supremacy as often as enough on command. And that's the big takeaway from the debate. And so that's another reason why leftists thought that he was making this up or faking it because he didn't want them talking about his debate performance and, and the white supremacy thing over and over again. But I mean, come on. They've been calling him a white supremacist for over four years. It, it's never stuck. It's never damaged him in any way. It doesn't matter. That's that's a worthless talking point. It's so I, I, I don't think there's any merit to that either. So yeah, assuming that he makes a, a full speedy recovery, which it looks like he's going to, uh, unless, you know, he has like a, a second wave of symptoms or something like that. If he does end up struggling with this and things get really dire and it takes him weeks to recover or something like that, or he has like more complications and has to be readmitted to the hospital or even the ICU or something like that, that could be really bad for Trump. Like the, the stock markets will tank, the um, the whole party will just be thrown into disarray. And then you're, you know, you're looking at a situation where you have Mike Pence stepping in. Uh, at, at the top of the ticket, which I have no idea. I, I did see some polling that him and, you know, him versus Kamala Harris is like a in like a pretty close dead heat or maybe tied or something like that. But Trump or Pence versus Joe Biden, that would be kind of interesting to see because I, I mean, you right away, you take the whole Trump thing like right off the table. Like if Trump is incapacitated or if he actually dies from this, 
you don't have that whole like, oh, well, we have to stop Donald Trump thing going for Democrats anymore. Now you just have this like run of the mill, vanilla, cookie cutter Republican. And I think that might um, really damp put a damper on the uh, Democrat turnout, although they've probably already mailed in like 40 million fucking <laughs> fake ballots or something to make sure Biden gets elected. This could get really interesting. I, I, you know, there's been a lot of Repu- like something like 29 people, I think, in the you know that run in these Republican circles, from staffers to senators and whatever, ha- have been have tested positive since they had this like you know this breach in the in the West Wing, and it, it's going to be interesting to see the effects of that, if any, on the Republican Party to see it. You know, if somebody drops dead of this thing, or if um. You know, they're unable to, to vote on something. Anyway, um, I, I want to get into some of the reactions that we saw from blue check marks on Twitter and, you know, Democrats, Republicans, politicians and everything like that. But first, let's take a quick second and thank uh, one of our sponsors for today's show. You know him as Lorenzotti Coffee. Guys, if you like premium Italian coffee, but you hate going to these corporate, poorly managed, poorly prepared coffee houses, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that, especially now where you got to put on a mask on and stand in a socially distanced line. You're going to love Lorenzotti coffee. They deliver premium Italian coffee and coffee brewing supplies right to your door. It's a small business that was started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee and their desire to bring that small, independent coffee house feel back here across the pond to the United States. So what I want you to do is go to Lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and they'll give you 10% off your order. Even if you're not a coffee drinker yourself, I'm sure you know someone who does, and these tins are beautiful. They'd make a great you know, portion of a gift basket or something like that if you wanted to send somebody that you care about a package. Maybe you know somebody who's got a birthday coming up like I just had or something like that, and they want some coffee. You know? Go to Coffee, use promo code FICTION, and you'll get 10% off. Okay, so the reactions that we got to see are... They're very revealing from my perspective, right? Because you have, you know, the, the typical Republican response, which is like everyone wishes, wishes the, the president well and a speedy recovery. And a lot, all the politicians on the other side of this, at least initially, you know, got out the, um, perfunctory, Oh, I hope, you know, the, we wish the president well and we wish everyone that's suffering from coronavirus well. So they give the the obligatory thing before they immediately start making it about something else. Like, the coronavirus is real. Make sure you wear a mask and listen to science. And this is why we need, like, universal health care and all that shit, which is just... <laughs> they, they, they can never... Um, there's very few politicians that can just say, you know, condolences or whatever and then leave it at that. There, there's just, like, this thing within them that they have to turn it in to a political issue and sort of capitalize on it. But, you know, I I expect that from politicians. That's what politicians do. So it's, I guess it's worth noting, but to get, you know, riled up about it or whatever is, is uh, kind of pointless. The, uh, the thing that really bothers me is all of these fucking hypocrites that are like, 
Yeah, I, I wish I got good. I hope Trump dies. I hope, you know, they all die. And I, I wish them the worst because blah, 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 blah. And, and these are the same people that are, you know, they're out there, love Trump's hate, or when they go low, we go high. And Trump is sowing the seeds of hatred and fracturing America, pinning Americans against each other. And it's, it's clearly all just projection because that's what they do. That, that's all that they do, and politicians included. But all of these, you know, um, lemmings that come out of the woodwork on Twitter and things like that, it's just very, uh, it's very revealed. Like, they claim to be the party of compassion and they want to bring America together. They care about the everybody, the downtrodden, and they want everybody to have, you know, free universal health care. Health care is a human right. Unless, of course, you disagree with them politically, then they want you to die. And they are they're going to make that well known. Like they're not going to tiptoe around it that apparently that, you know, they don't have, um, they don't have to square that circle or anything like that. Yeah, sure. You know, you deserve healthcare. It is a human right. And we're the, we're the compassion party and we care about everybody. And, you know, just because you have a, a, a disagreement, a, you know, an honest disagreement about policy or something like that, or if they just don't like you personally, well, <laughs> Then they're just, they just want you to die and they don't, you know, they don't have any qualms about that. And you wonder why, you know, people, people look at, at, you know, these, these radical left people. You know, there are plenty of rational, nice, compassionate liberal people out there that just because they dislike Donald Trump with every, you know, bone in their body, every fiber of their being, they still don't wish the guy death. I mean, I don't know what to say. That just makes you a terrible person if you wish death upon people that, you know, they haven't wronged. You just don't like them. So you don't like their political views. So you wish them death and, and just horrible things to happen to them. I mean, he's still a father. He's got a family. You know, he's got kids. It's just, I don't know. It's a very uh despicable thing to do, in my opinion, even if you know, the person that falls ill or that you're wishing ill isn't the... um the greatest person in the world or worthy of admiration or anything, it's probably not a good idea to be wishing, you know, death and, and illness and just horrible things to happen to people. But anyway, the, uh, the other just really frustrating reaction to this that you see is this low IQ response to this, like, oh, that's why Donald Trump should wear a mask. Hope, hope he wears a mask now. Hope he, you know, this is what you get for not wearing a mask everywhere. It's just, Jesus Christ, dude. Do you guys, you people actually think that, like, nobody that, that wears a mask gets coronavirus? They act as if you wear a mask and you get this, like, invisible force field around you and you'll never catch coronavirus. They're like, well, Joe Biden wears a mask and he didn't get it. It's like, yeah, it's because he's been fucking hauled up in his parents' basement for the last six months. And he has, he doesn't do rallies. You know, Trump has, like, 40,000 people at a rally. And, you know, he's doing all this uh, politician-y stuff. Joe Biden couldn't get four people to come listen to him talk. Of course he hasn't gotten it. Nobody cares to to get anywhere near Joe Biden. Nobody wants to get near Joe Biden because he's going to fucking sniff you and do that weird nose-humping thing. The only reason he hasn't gotten it from that is because they've kept him locked in a cage somewhere. They don't let him out. And nobody wants to be around him. So, yeah, it's it's a lot easier for him to avoid catching the coronavirus than for Donald Trump. Obviously, but let's not pretend like, oh, because Trump didn't wear a mask everywhere he went. Like, even if he did, 
wear a mask everywhere he went, there's still a good chance that he would have caught the coronavirus, right? Because these masks aren't foolproof. But that's basically what, what Donald Trump is saying now. He's coming out. He's saying like, he, you know, he's, he feels great. He's, he thinks he's beat this thing and, you know, don't let it dominate your life. And the liberals are just going fucking bonkers over this. They, they're losing their minds that, that Trump is just trying to shrug this off. It, Trump's got some balls because I mean, it's a little too soon to say that you're out of the woods after like three days being his age and that, you know, being in the demographic that this disease tends to wreak the most havoc on. I mean, we we know that like I've seen a lot of people mention Herman Cain, like he had a, a much longer battle with this. You know, Trump is, is, is saying he's feeling better after like two days. I, I think Herman Cain didn't even like he was in the hospital for like a week before he was like, I, I'm starting to feel better or whatever. And then the doctors and then like a month later, he actually died. Now, I, I think he had cancer, though, before. And, you know, so I don't know. Anything could happen. Trump could, you know, this thing could end up taking Trump in a couple weeks and then he's really going to, you know, um, be eating his words from the grave or whatever. But I think at this point, you know, we know enough about this virus now. It's been six months. It's not as novel as it used to be. We know who is at risk. We know who has the hardest time o- overcoming this. And we know who's not at risk. He's telling them to be safe, but don't let it dominate your life. I think that's the right message. And just know, you know, know who you are, know where you're at in, in the risk category and proceed from there, like make your decision. And I, I just don't understand why people can't respect other people's decision. Me not wearing a mask walking around doesn't affect you at all if you've got your mask on, does it? I mean, if the masks work, then you've got nothing to worry about. I don't understand what the problem is. It's, it's like the, the whole thing with the vaccine, you know, anti-vaxxers and the, versus the pro-vaxxers. It's like, listen, it, go, go get vaccinated. <laughs> Once you're vaccinated, what are you worried about? You got the vaccination. So me not having the vaccination... Uh, isn't going to affect you at all. Like, what's the problem here? I don't understand. Not that I'm like this huge anti-vaxxer guy, but the the argument is just retarded to me. I, d- I don't understand it. Like, do masks work? I don't know. You know, I've seen, I did an entire episode on all of these studies showing that they don't and that, you know, we they're kind of just doing it out of like superstitious habit. And they make sense to me. The studies made sense. I haven't seen any compelling studies to show me that they do work. It seems like they always kind of rigged the study to make it seem like they're more effective than they are. Now, it seems intuitive that they would work, right? Like you're breathing stuff in and if you block the stuff that you're breathing, that would, you know, at least to some degree mitigate the chances of you breathing in something bad. Okay, sure. But I don't know. I mean, it's certainly not as cut and dry. And the way masks are designed to be worn the versus the way we're actually wearing them, no, they don't work the way that we're wearing them. I'm sorry. They just don't. There's there's no way. Now, in certain situations, would it make sense to have a mask on if you're in a, a crowded car or something? Okay, yeah, sure. But other situations, it, it just seems stupid to have it on. Ugh, but this this cultish, like thing to this cultish devotion to masks like wear masks mask work masks uh, he said it was like your patriotic duty to wear a mask joe biden said that and all these people that just it's like a fucking religion it's creepy 
it's creepy. Show me the study. Show, somebody point me to the study and not that fucking bullshit one where they had rats and two separate cages with a mask in between, like <laughs> fucking blocking the rats from breathing on each other. No, no, no. Show me the study with the way we're wearing masks working. Okay, because the way we're wearing them is the most retarded thing I've ever had to do in my life. Wear them through the first five feet through the door of a club and then everybody has the mask off. Okay, masks work. Not like that, they don't. Not even in your fucking dream scenario, the mask doesn't work like that. Wear them on the plane, but you can take them off to eat and drink. Okay, I mean, the second you take it off, that's it. It's over. The mask is compromised. So show me the study where wearing masks like this actually do fucking anything other than like some uh, placebo psychological thing that makes people feel virtuous and and a little safer than they are. I mean, if anything, it it could cause people to be a little more uh, reckless with where they go and what they do, wouldn't it? Because you feel like you got this protection on, right? This mask. Watch somebody breathe through a mask. You know, I saw this video of this guy who I think he took like a vape pen or something and he would just he'd put on different masks. He'd take a hit from the vape pen and just breathe out. And you can see the fucking vapors going everywhere. Now, I, I mean, I'm sure there's like slightly different molecular bullshit between your breath and vaporizer stuff. But whatever. I mean, point taken. It's going every single direction on every, every type of mask that he wore. And it looked like some of them he was actually like, um, like really exhaling hard for effect. But even still, I mean, look up that video because he does the N95. He does a really intense like fucking gas mask. He does the medical mask. He does the cloth mask. Everything that everybody's wearing doesn't fucking stop any of these. They're just they go out in every single direction all over the place. Okay, I don't know. Show me the study that the, the way people are wearing masks in America works. Please show me. And then I, I will I will point to like five other studies that contradict that and like three other countries that that aren't that don't have mask mandates or lockdowns or anything that have far fewer cases of COVID-19 than we do. Okay. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like to act like the science is settled on this is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. First of all, science is never settled. It's never settled. I mean, you're like these people in the fucking Middle Ages that believed in bloodletting or that the earth was the center of the universe. It's it's really unbelievable how hard it is for people to see when they're inside these bubbles, how ridiculous they're being. Let's take a quick second and thank our newest sponsor to the Peddling Fiction podcast. And that, of course, is Matt Octung. Raleigh's digital marketing dude. I'm very excited to have him on board as a sponsor. You guys all should be too because digital marketing is just a vital thing to know, have, and understand how to do this day and age. You can't run a business without having a digital footprint. And so for any of you listeners out there who have your own business or you're thinking about starting your own side gig, you know somebody who does, who's struggling to get the internet attention that they need, you got to have them get in touch with Matt Octung. Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. He comes right up. He'll be the first one in the Google search, and that's what he's going to do for your company. 75% 
of all views, clicks, and calls. Go to the first three businesses that show up when you Google something like, hey, is show me a restaurant near me, or where is like a, the best liquor store in Chicago or something like that. The, the first three guys that come up are the ones who get 75% of the views. So if you want your share of that 75% market share, and you want your business to start appearing at the top of these searches instead of on page six in the Google search, which I don't, I can't remember the last time I ever clicked through past the first page on a Google search. It's just like the first couple, like I do the same thing. I do the exact same thing that everybody else does. So if you want to appear in the top and you want people to actually see your business and frequent your business and click on your links, you got to Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. He's a digital marketing consultant and he doesn't just handle the Raleigh, North Carolina area. He can work with you no matter where you are. He's just based out of Raleigh, which is why he's Raleigh's digital marketing dude. And right now, for business owners and listeners of the Peddling Fiction podcast, he's offering free digital marketing consultations. So he'll teach you how to conquer your local search problems. He'll help you build reviews, optimize your social media, run, learn how to run Google and Facebook ads and convert leads into paying customers and clients. This digital marketing stuff, the internet, it's all very complicated, complex, and it's probably, if it's not your area of expertise, it's not worth your time trying to mess around with it, leave it to the professionals so you can focus on what you do well to, and help grow your business. So Google Matt Raleigh's Digital Marketing Dude. Get your free consultation. I mean, it's free. You've got literally nothing to lose. At least talk to the guy, feel him out. He'll, he'll help you You know, get a better view of, of what you need and what your problems are, and he'll be able to help you maximize your exposure as a business. And he's an anarchist, so he knows how to really dig into the belly of the these big tech firms like Google and do all the dirty work so you don't have to. Check them out on Google, give them a call, tell them I sent you, you'll get a free consultation and you can start getting your share of that of the 75% of views, clicks and calls that go to those first 3 businesses that show up in a Google search. All right, let's get back to the show here. So if masks work, right, and this is you're seeing all like Joe Biden, this is their big this is their big talking point now because Trump doesn't always wear a mask and he sort of flaunts the fact that, you know, he's not going to wear a mask everywhere he goes and whatever. And now he got coronavirus. So that just proves that masks work and you better wear a mask or you'll get the coronavirus. Okay, so what about all the people that do wear masks and got the coronavirus? How do you explain that? Okay, and then. Like, why am I still here? How have I not gotten the coronavirus yet? How is it, you know, I have done everything that they've told me not to do, okay? And, I mean, I wear a mask when they force me to. Like, if I go into a store, I put a mask on. If I'm on a plane, I put a mask on. If I go into getting, like, an Uber or something, I put a mask on because they're forcing me to. Uh, Would I do it it if I wasn't forced to? I don't think so. Probably not. But that's a, you know, like I said, that's a decision that everybody else can make for themselves. Your mask will still work if I don't have one on. So I don't understand why everybody's so up in arms about, you know, one person making the decision for themselves to not wear a mask. But I've gone 
you know, to, to parties. I've had gatherings of more than six people. I've traveled on planes multiple times. I, I flew to Florida and back. I've flown to Mexico and back and then back to Mexico. I, I'm on the beach every day. I'm at the pool every day without a mask on. I go to restaurants almost every night. I go to bars. I'm meeting new people. I'm talking to people. I've been on boats with people, you know, like I, I'm doing everything that they're saying I'm not supposed to do, right? Multiple times over. You name it, I've pretty much done it. Ever like thousands of, I've broken thousands of rules, right? If if they wrote down the things you're not supposed to do, I've done them all multiple times for for months now. For three four months, I've probably I've probably been doing this stuff, and I was never wearing a mask when I did it. So how is that not an indictment? Like the fact that I didn't get COVID. How is that not an indictment of this whole mask hysteria when if the inverse situation had occurred, it would be viewed as a validation? So if I had gotten sick by now, if I had contracted COVID, well, then they'd be like, oh, you know, you should have worn your mask, should have taken it seriously. If you had just, you know, put a mask on everywhere you went, then you wouldn't have gotten COVID. It's like, all right, well, I, I didn't put a mask on everywhere I went. So now what? How, how is that not um, at least to an, a degree? Some sort of uh, indictment of this, the whole hysteria over masks. Like, I don't understand. Like, it doesn't get, you don't get to do it both ways. Like, if I don't get it, well, masks still work. And if um, I, di- I did happen to get it, then it's like, oh, well, you should have worn a mask. Apparently not. You know, apparently I've saved myself a lot of trouble not putting a mask on everywhere I've gone because I haven't gotten it yet. Like, if not wearing a mask increases my risk of getting the coronavirus by so much more than if I had a mask on, you would think that by now I would have gotten it. (laughs) And I doubt that it's just because I'm lucky. Anybody that knows me, I have, uh, if it weren't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. So, I, I mean, you can't chalk it up to luck. Now, is that proof that you know, masks don't work and that you don't need a mask. No, of course not. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that maybe all this mask stuff is being overblown. Like how much does it really help to have a mask on all the time? And of course, there's there's no way of knowing like if he got, if he contracted it while he was wearing a mask or while he didn't wear a mask. Nobody knows when you get it. But they act like nobody that's worn a mask has, has ever gotten it. And that's just obviously ridiculous. Now, could I get it tomorrow? Yeah, a- absolutely, I could. And that's a risk I'm willing to take. And I'm not suggesting everybody else do that, but I, a- I am suggesting that you weigh the, the cost of-, of such a decision to live your life like a hermit versus, you know, going out and, and living a-, a life that's worth living. The-, the-, the silver lining of this whole coronavirus thing is you can tell basically immediately now. Who will be fun at parties and who will be just fucking unbearable based on where and when they wear their mask? I mean, that's one small takeaway from this whole thing. One silver lining is that people aren't trying to hide the fact that they're miserable, obnoxious people. They're they're literally wearing a sign on their face that says, I am somebody to be avoided in certain situations. And then you don't have to waste time, you know, precious time of your life that you're not locked down on, on small talk, trying to figure out if somebody is worth talking to or not. <laughs> anyway... Those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts on that. You know, what else I was wondering is like all of these, you know, every single liberal on the face of the earth wanted on some level Donald Trump to get the coronavirus, maybe not die from it. A lot of them want him to die from it. But they they all kind of like to see that he got it because he's been flaunting 
everything, you know, this uh, cavalier attitude towards it, apparently, in front of them. Even though, you know, he locked down the fucking country. He uh, invoked that National Defense Act or whatever so that they could start producing ventilators and shit like that. Like, he locked, he closed the fucking border to China. He did all this stuff. And then this thing where they're like, oh, well, hopefully now, maybe now Donald Trump will take this virus seriously. Like, seriously? Like, he wasn't taking it seriously before? I mean, okay, so he didn't wear a mask like everywhere he went all the time. But how do you, you know, how do you look at America today after, you know, he greenlit like $6 trillion in spending? He locked down the, you know, the entire country for a couple, like a month, two months. What was it? At least, I mean, he didn't technically lock down all the states, but, you know, he definitely was a proponent of the the two weeks to shorten the curve thing. And he let all of these other states shut down. He, you know, he banned travel from China, which caught him a lot of flack early on. So, I mean, I, I don't see how you legitimately take a, a sober look at this and conclude, yeah, Donald Trump wasn't taking it seriously just because he didn't wear a mask everywhere he went, like like some of the psychopaths that you see walking down the street by themselves with no mask on. And by the way, uh, what about all of these politicians like Nancy Pelosi that were telling people to go to Chinatown? Because remember when there was this huge backlash right after Trump did the the China ban and he's calling it the China virus and the Kung flu and all this stuff. And then all these politicians come out against him. He's like, no, no, like this is go to Chinatown, like go have enjoy the Chinese. Like, I don't know, there was some holiday or celebratory day. Chinese New Year, whatever it was. And they were telling, they were encouraging people to go out and eat at Chinese restaurants and go hang out in Chinatown, go to all these gatherings, have these celebrations because, you know, Trump is anti China. We're going to be pro China. Were they taking the virus seriously at that point or anything, any comment there? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. You guys are all just a bunch of fucking hypocrites. I don't know how people can live like that. It, It really, it would really just like, eat away at me to have to hold these like diametrically opposed positions simultaneously. I don't know how you walk through life like that. And by the way, these same people that are ridiculing Trump for going to rallies without a mask on or whatever, not wearing a mask everywhere he goes, these are the same people that were fine with uh, the the rioters and the Black Lives Matter protesters go- gathering hundreds of thousands of people at these at these protests, gathering close together without masks on and stuff like that. That was all fine because you know their cause was all noble and everything, and they were fighting racism. So you know that's okay. That, that was encouraged. That was encouraged by all of these fucking politicians, all of these blowhards, all of these blue check marks. They were fine with it. And if anybody in the, like, I guarantee you, somebody from those crowds has, has passed the virus on to somebody who's gone on to die, if not died themselves, themselves. So, <laughs> I mean, this is all just nonsense. This is all just fucking bullshit. But we know all of these liberals want to see Donald Trump get it. Now he did. And so they're all like fucking ecstatic about this. And I, I got to add, like, so if Trump does end up taking a turn for the worst and he ends up dying or being incapacitated so that he can no longer preside over you, does that make 2020 a good year now? And the coronavirus, like something that should be praised for killing literally Hitler. How many people would have to die from the coronavirus to justify it killing Donald Trump and you being happy about it? You know what I mean? It's like 
So right now we're at like a little over 200,000. It's like, is that an acceptable toll if it takes out Donald Trump? Like, what if it kills like, uh, like 5 million people and, uh, but it takes out Donald Trump. Is that, is that, um, for the greater good in your mind? Does that make this like something that we no longer have to, um, I don't know, denigrate because it took out Donald Trump? I guess that'd be like some sort of bittersweet thing for all the, uh, pro virus people out there. But it's just so sad to see people that have to get like so excited about someone dying or like, you know, dance on their grave because in their feeble little minds, it justifies all the cowering they've done, all the the lockdown, all the everything, the, the life of fear that they've been living and all the fear mongering that they've been doing is justified because, you know, Donald Trump got COVID and he might die. And if he does take a turn for the worst, I mean, God forbid, and then they'll be like, oh, oh, see, I told you, I told you it was a big deal. I told you you need to wear a mask and look and look, you got COVID and now you're dying or whatever. And that makes me feel good because it justifies all of my unfounded beliefs. I mean, if we're going to, these are the same people that say, trust the science and everything. Okay. I'm looking at the science and uh, I'm looking at the numbers and I, I don't see how any of these statistics bear out like the the conclusion that yeah we have to wear masks everywhere and lock everything down in perpetuity but yeah I, I, who cares like okay why are the liberals going so crazy if if trump is wrong and we all need to you know really panic about this uh, the the coronavirus and we all need to lock everything down and okay like why are you so outraged that he's acting so recklessly and cavalier that he's now that he's got the coronavirus okay so a, a bunch of republicans who you already want to die you you guys have made this abundantly clear anytime something bad happens to somebody that you disagree with politically be it Rand Paul or Donald Trump or something like that, you make it very obvious that you want all Republicans to die. They all deserve to die for opposing your health care or your Green New Deal or whatever, or being racist. So why why the outrage? Shouldn't you be happy about Shouldn't you be encouraging Donald Trump to just go infect everybody in the White House, all the Republicans, all everybody, you know, all the Republicans that control the Senate and everything like that? And then all the Republicans will die off and you guys can have your uh, liberal utopia. Him telling people to go live their lives, that will clearly lead to another huge spike in corona cases, right? And then that will give them the justification to lock everything down for another year or until there's no more cases forever. And then you get exactly what you want. So what's the problem here? What's the downside? You can see it now. You know, the second anybody falls ill of coronavirus or the next time anybody dies, it's all going to be because Trump took his mask off as he was walking into the White House or some stupid shit like that. Every single death, they're already trying to pin the 208,000 on him to begin with, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But now they're going to have this is like this is gold for them because Trump had the coronavirus and he's acting recklessly. And now we like even have more of a justification to blame every single case of COVID on Donald Trump. But I just don't see why they're like, if they're really upset about it or not, because it seems to be taking out everybody that they hate. And who listens to Trump? <laughs> I mean, who like listens to Trump and then think, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to take my cues from Donald Trump. Anybody who's going to go out and live their life because they're, they're just, they've made the decision themselves to, you know, not live a life of fear. They've already made their mind up. They've already made that decision. They've been doing it 
for the last few months. They didn't need Donald Trump to come out and say, listen, this is, you know, don't let this control your life. Now, the fact that he did, yeah, sure, maybe that like weighs a a little bit on their mind, but they've already been doing it. Very few people have to be sitting there waiting to see what the president says. And if he says it's no big deal, no, now I can get out of my basement now. Donald Trump said it's no big deal. I mean, that kind of person, the person that's going to take their cues from Donald Trump and they're going to die of COVID-19, it's like, all right, that's probably just Darwin taking out the garbage. But again, I mean, just look soberly at the death rate. Look at the age of people that are dying. Look at the fact, all the underlying conditions they had that made them susceptible to dying that they probably died of instead of COVID-19. Look at the bullshit autopsies, causes of death that they, they, they attribute to COVID when it wasn't COVID. Look at the uh, the fact that these tests are like practically meaningless. <laughs> I mean, there's so much evidence to the contrary that this thing has been way overblown, which is why when these people finally, when they get an event like this, like Donald Trump gets COVID, now it's like, oh, oh, see, see, we've been totally validated because one guy that we don't even know, that we don't even care about, got it. It's like, all right, yeah, uh, no, not really, not really. You can see how desperate they are to make this fit their narrative. And that's why they get so upset that he's shrugging it off after a couple of days. Now I've seen like uh, some videos circulating it where it looks like he's like struggling to breathe and stuff. And I mean, yeah, you know, he's probably, if I had to bet on it, he's, he's putting a, you know, a brave face on for this. He's not feeling nearly as good as he's claiming. Of course, it's Donald Trump and he's got to project that. But the overwhelming odds are that he's he would survive something like this. The odds are certainly in his favor. And of course, he's getting the best medical care because he's the president of the United States. So there's that. There, there's people criticizing him for that, too. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you can go out and like, don't let it control your life if you have like, you know, uh, a, a team of doctors and like unlimited health care for free and blah, 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 blah. Okay, dude. That's why like 99% of people that get this survive it because yeah they they have teams of doctors and yeah they have free health care um anyway i mean i don't know you know i'm not as you guys know i i have not a, a trump supporter i didn't vote for trump i don't have a dog in in this fight really but i do appreciate donald trump for what he is and i think he's hilarious I love um, this Trump moment that we're in where everybody gets exposed. He has an unbelievable ability to do that. So I want you all, and I did. I think I tweeted this out, think long and hard about what your life would be like if Donald Trump didn't pull through from, from this, right? Uh, the vast majority of the people out there wouldn't know what to do with yourselves. Y- your entire day is spent, every waking moment is spent just spewing hate and vitriol and being obsessed with Donald Trump. What are you going to do when he's gone? What are you going to do with yourself? You're going to have this big empty void to fill. And for the rest of us that just like the, the sheer entertainment of it all, that would be quite a loss. That would be quite a loss to to not have Donald Trump around tweeting and and just being an unapologetic buffoon 24 hours a day. But all indications are that he is he is going to make it out of this. You know, it looks like he plans to walk out the front door of Walter Reed Hospital. So he's going to, you know, do this huge Trumpian thing. I mean, if they had an escalator, I'm sure he would come down on it like he did when he was announcing his his run for the presidency. And man, this is going to be the political theater here. And then just the outrage, the phony outrage about all this. He's going to play this up. And I mean, 
it's kind of hard to argue with the fact that he he should be one of the prime candidates to die of this thing. And he spent a couple days in the hospital and now he's walking out on Monday, spent the weekend in the hospital. And this is like the this is the pandemic that we all have to you know, we have to shut everything down. We all have to live like uh, vegetables in our apartment in fear for our lives because, you know, there's this virus. But I'm you know, I'm glad that he's all indications that he's going to pull through. Just, you know, from a, a human level, like I don't I don't want Donald Trump to die, not just for the fact that I find him entertaining, but because he's a person and I am not a horrible person. So I, I think it's good news that he's pulling. He, he's he should pull uh, through. He's not out of the woods for sure. They keep saying that, you know, he's not out of the woods, but he's he's uh, feeling good enough that he doesn't have to be in the hospital anymore. And I don't think that they would risk, you know, it would be a pretty bad political miscalculation if even if you're looking at this from a political standpoint to risk releasing him from the hospital and have to actually bring him back or you know if he takes a turn for the worse like put him in the ICU or something that would be really detrimental politically I, I think in my opinion worse than just keep him in the hospital a couple more days until he's officially out of the woods or whatever it is so if they're letting him walk out of there I gotta think that he's these um, these reports from places like CNN that say oh his condition is much worse than it is and you know he's on his deathbed kind of thing uh, I think as usual, CNN is wrong, but I guess we'll we'll wait for the uh, official diagnosis to come out, and uh, we'll we'll see if he he pulls out of this. You know, the uh, I was talking to my mom a couple days ago. Um, you know, after this, this story broke, I called to check in because it'd been a while, and she gets upset if I don't call. And you know, she's in school right now she works with kids that have like uh, disabilities and things like that so she's been in school her the schools in Wisconsin have been or at least that school has been open for a few weeks now she's up there in her 70s as well and you know she's not as worried about you know catching the virus as she is the the long term whatever sort of long term complications that could come out of the coronavirus that we don't know of yet because I guess you know the way these viruses work is they kind of like they get in there and they like alter your DNA and they can resurface at any time so she knows people that had like polio and things like this how old my mom is. <laughs> Yeah, polio and that resurfaced, you know, like decades later, they're having all sorts of other complications that were related to their their polio virus that they had 30 years ago or something like that. And so she's, you know, she's worried about me because like, I, you know, I'm not worried about catching the coronavirus or anything. And she's like, yeah, you know, you can bother, but you don't know what, what's going to happen, you know, 20, 30 years down the line if this thing can resurface. And, another, you know, kind of like uh, with the chicken pox where you have uh, shingles that just pops up randomly like 40 years later or something like that. And, and I mean, I, I guess there there could be a point to that. Like, we don't know if there is going to be something or if there isn't. Like, there could be, there could not be. To, to me, that's still not reason enough to lock yourself in a closet for the rest of your life, never have any social interaction. You know, constantly uh, living in fear and not pursuing the things that that bring you joy and and bring uh, meaning to your life, <laughs> just because like hey, maybe 30 years down the line, like some other thing, you could have some other related complication that, that came about from the coronavirus. Like, I don't know, mom, stop living in the prime of my life because I might get some virus and then 20 years from now, it might do something else to me. No, 
No, I'm not going to do that, okay? I mean, even if this doomsday scenario plays itself out and comes to fruition, who's to say that I don't drop dead next week or in five years from now? Or, you know, I could get hit by a bus or something, which ironically, of course, would undoubtedly be ruled as a COVID death. But I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just not going to sacrifice 30 years of my life because something bad might happen to me 35 years later. No, I'm just not going to do it. And that's a decision that I guess everybody has to make for themselves. I've clearly made it. I mean, if when I'm 60, I, I get sick, but it means the the 30 years leading up to that, <laughs> leading up to that point are awesome. I'm, I'm taking that deal. I'm going to do that 10 times out of 10 every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Maybe you feel differently. Okay, don't do it. Go live like Joe Biden in a fucking basement somewhere with a fucking towel wrapped around your head. I don't care. But don't force other people to do it. Let everybody make this decision for themselves. And I don't remember Trump ever saying, like, don't wear a mask and be irresponsible or whatever. He was just doing what he wanted to do. Okay. I don't know. Uh, that, that didn't seem very persuasive to me. But, she, you know, she's up at the age where she doesn't have to worry about that because, I mean, she's in her 70s. Something that, you know, to worry about something happening, you know, 20, 20 years down the line is not the uh, the best use of, of your time, right? But yeah, younger people like me, I guess we have this uh, looming thing hanging over us that could potentially turn into something bad. But, you know, then you have to think about what sort of advancements in medicine we'll have 30, 40 years down the road too. Because uh, I, with the shingles thing, I, I know now you can get a like a one-time uh, vaccination shot or whatever that that will stop you from from having the shingles recurrence. So, you know, who, who's to say that even if something does arise out of this coronavirus twenty-five years later, that we wouldn't have already come up with something to to solve that problem? So. I don't know. I don't really have uh, much else to say on this topic. You know, I I think that that I'm going to leave it right there. I it looks like uh, Trump is going to pull through. He's made a a pretty quick recovery, especially given his age and uh, borderline uh, morbid obesity. If that is the case, I mean, that is the best case scenario for him in this situation that now he can really be like, I conquered this virus and look at all the advancements we made under the, the Trump administration and because of my leadership, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets to do all these like Trumpian things like uh, talk about how great he is. And he's like, you know, the best coronavirus patient to ever have coronavirus. And and he gets to sort of bitch slap everybody that, that tries to blow this thing way out of proportion, like the Joe Bidens of the world that want to lock everything down in perpetuity until there's no more cases like that, which is just the most ridiculous thing because no matter what you do, and like one of the reasons why these lockdowns were so stupid, uh, okay, the, the two week thing. So we didn't overwhelm the hospitals. Okay. Then once we, you know, once we conquered that fear and the hospitals weren't overwhelmed, it's like you have to reopen at some point. And even if the lockdowns do, Everything that all of these lockdown advocates are claiming that they do, even though there is a ton of evidence to the contrary, and you know, there it's really hard to be conclusive one way or another. The one thing that we can conclude is it, it doesn't seem to. There's no rhyme or reason to whether you know if a place locks down or if they don't lock down. 
the the number of cases or the spikes in cases that we see or anything like that. There's no like correlation to locking down and not having outbreaks or um, not locking down and not having like even if the lockdowns did everything that they say that that all these people claim that they can do at some point, you have to open things back up like we can't do this forever, even, you know, by a democratic socialist uh, standard where they could just have the government like printing money and giving it to people. At some point, people have to go back to work and produce things. And whenever that point is, you're going to be right back where you were before the lockdown. So this is all just ridiculous. And I think now that you know Trump is is pulling through out of this, he's not out of the woods yet. Like I, you know, knock on wood. I guess I don't want to jinx anything for him, but um, it, it looks like he's going to be able to make a, a real Trumpian moment out of this. Uh, you know, the, the Teflon Don, even the coronavirus can't catch him, uh, can't take him out. <laughs> the, he beat the coronavirus. He beat the deep state. He beat the, the Clintons and the Bushes. He beat the CIA, the NSA, uh, you know, all of these uh, holdovers from the Obama administration, Russia conspiracy, impeachment, now coronavirus. And if you think Joe Biden is going to take him down, man, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it, especially after this. Like, I, I think he's going to be able to spin this in a way if he can get back and if he can get some more debates and he doesn't uh, fuck up like he did the first time. Him pulling through out of this quickly is just going to reassure everybody that was skeptical of the China plague narrative that it was like the the worst thing ever. It's going to be a lot harder for them to uh for their, you know, their enemies to make the case for a lockdown when a, you know, a fat 74-year-old that eats cheeseburgers from McDonald's every day gets the the sniffles for a couple days and then he's back at back at the most stressful job on the planet <laughs> allegedly a few days later. But anyway, I I'm going to leave it there, guys. Hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a favor, give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Peddling Fiction Podcast, which I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. See if you can support our sponsors, and if not, you can become a direct supporter of the show by going to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. You can donate to the show from there, and I will use any dollar that you donate to create content and promote the show and help increase my reach, and if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back on Thursday with a brand new episode for you and until then you guys know the drill just keep on peddling that so-called fiction peace <laughs>